this episode of the B-Signal Podcast, I talk about Halloween ends, Black Adam, Wakanda Forever, and a tribute to Kevin Conroy and Jason David Frank. Welcome to the B-Signal Podcast, the podcast where filmmakers and fans talk about film and how it impacts our lives. I'm your host, B. Anthony. And now our feature presentation. And welcome to the B-Signal Podcast. I'm your host, B. Anthony, and you are listening to another episode where we're going to be talking about films, entertainment, and whatever else comes across our minds to talk about. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to pause and give my condolences to the families of Jason David Frank, uh, who played Tommy Oliver on The Power Rangers, and also to uh, the family, friends, and loved ones of Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Um, These two people are very, very uh, memorable part of my childhood. I remember racing home to watch Fox (laughs) and I knew I was going to see Power Rangers and I knew I was going to see Batman, the animated series. And both of them still to this day, they play well for me. Um, I remember Tommy Oliver debuting on Power Rangers and him just like being the cool one to me because green's my favorite color. That's a, but that dragon sword and that sort of darkness, um, those episodes where he was like evil for a minute and then he switched over to being good. I mean, that was just awesome. That was, that was just greatness. Um, and then of course he became the white ranger. I didn't really care for the white ranger too much, but I know, um, there's a fan base for that character as well. Uh, but all that in mind, I just want to celebrate his life, celebrate all that he was able to do while he was here. Um, he brought a lot of joy two people and he was very passionate about meeting the fans so um condolences to him and then to mr kevin conroy look before this nolan era um there really wasn't a definitive in my opinion a definitive voice that really did a good job of handling both bruce wayne and batman right um Adam West, great job. Michael Keaton, great job. But when Kevin Conroy came to the scene, it it was a game changer because he clearly identified who Bruce was and he clearly identified who Batman was. He did it with such poise and with such clarity. Uh, There was a boldness, a richness to his voice. it could evoke fear. It could evoke intelligence. Uh, he was able to even get humor in there. Um, there will never, ever be, in my opinion, another actor that can do it uh, as flawless as Mr. Kevin Conroy. So thoughts and prayers to um, his family and friends. And um, yeah, wow, just can't believe that they're gone. So moving on. Um, from that, I'm going to try to pivot. Uh, since the last episode, I've gotten a lot of good feedback. Thank you all so much, so much. You guys have made the past. I started this podcast in 2020. And for the past two years um, and, and three seasons, um, you all have really made this a joy to do. I don't look at it as a job um, or as a chore, 
it's a joy. So I want to shout this episode out to Mr. Michael Brown. Um, I know he's going to listen to this. Um, he texted me <laughs> and said, um, yeah, I thought you were on something when you said that you were interviewing Ryan Anthony. I thought you were interviewing one of your, you know, uh, personalities. And when he said that, I screamed. I screamed. It was one of the funniest things that I had uh, ever heard. <laughs> so with that in mind, um, thank you, Michael, for listening. And I hope you continue to uh, enjoy uh, all future episodes and anyone else. If you want to give me feedback, um, if you want to just say, hey, I love it. Hey, I hate it. Um, hey, I don't know what to make of it. Whatever you want to say about the show, you can email me. Uh, bsignalpodcast at gmail.com you can visit us on Instagram uh, bsignal, bsignalpodcast you can go to the website bsignalpodcast.com or you can go to my website the uh, I'm sorry bantheniecg.com uh, okay so awesome grateful just like all things hype that you guys are listening and enjoying it so what, how are we going to talk about today? I figured we do a few discussions about the films that have come out within the last few um, weeks. It's been very, very fun at the Alamo, which is my favorite theater to go to. Um, I, again, that place, it just brings me so much joy. I have nothing bad to say about it. Um, I genuinely love the Alamo Theater. So, with that in mind, um, we're going to talk about some films that I've seen that I've genuinely just um, enjoyed and love. So, let's start with my favorite time, one of my favorite times of year, and mainly because of the films that come on TV, Halloween. Halloween. So, I spoke about last year how... Um, I just have, I haven't been enjoying any of the remakes of the, uh, Halloween films. Um, I, I've enjoyed seeing Jamie Lee Curtis back in the role. That's always a pleasure for me. The first two films that came out in this series of trilogies, um, overall have just been underwhelming for me. Uh, as I stated last year, you can check out the episode where I believe I titled it Leave Halloween Alone. That movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is my favorite horror movie, period. Um, it does so much with so little. And it's effective. And in my mind, and in my opinion, it still plays well to this day. I love Halloween. I love every actor that's in it. Um, and I love the whole, again, this idea of someone that just can't be stopped you know, is chasing after you. And I, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, <laughs> stabbed that man. Um, the, the, Dr. Loomis shot him, <laughs> you know, so, and, and he was just an unstoppable force in that film. So, reluctantly, I was going to go to the movies to see Halloween Ends. I thought about it, and I said, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I am interested in spending money um, to go to a movie theater, buy popcorn, sit down, and potentially to be disappointed. Um, 
Normally, I would take the risk, right? But with this franchise, I just have not been feeling it. I don't necessarily think that means that the films are horrible, but it's not what I love about the characters in play. There's a certain thing I like about Laurie. There's a certain thing that I like about Michael. Um, I think the bigger frustration for me is that you can see Michael in all the sequels. His face is just like there. And even when in the original, when it was daytime and they showed his face, they did a cool thing where the camera was either far away or like the scene where he was sitting in the backyard, there was a sheet that was uh, on, on the clothing line that was kind of blocking his face, but not really revealing it. But you could still see that he was wearing this creepy mask, right? I thought they were very creative with how they did the reveal for Michael. Even out to the iconic of I'm carrying out of the darkness and, you know, and getting Lori. I, th- I, I love that movie. I just do. I love it. Um, so when I'm thinking about seeing this last film, I'm saying I know I'm not going to get that feeling. I just know it. And it's not to the fault of the director. He has his own vision, his own energy or whatnot. But I just I have no desire of just wasting money in that way. So I wasted money in another way, and I subscribed to Peacock. Um, Now, to put this in perspective, when I went to go see uh, Honk for Jesus, that was on Peacock, but I still opt to go see that in the theater um, because I just, you know, there's too many streaming services. I don't want to keep subscribing to some of these things and wasting money, blah, 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 blah. Well, I paid money to see it on the streaming service, of Peacock and my god I dodged a bullet the film itself as a film it's a good movie is it the best thing I've seen no does it screen potential with where they started it and how they ended it no I feel like they they made a movie you know they completed the assignment so to speak and The problem for me is that with this particular sequel, um, I don't really feel like it was Lori's story. I don't know whose story it was. I don't think it was fully Michael's story because he's, you know, in the cave or in the sewers being hunched back in Notre Dame. You know, it was just very, very weird, right? And not weird in the way that I like it. He's dragging people to the sewer, And, you know, I guess he sees the crazy and the guy that's being ridiculed and teased for, um, spoiler alert, for killing the kid in the beginning of the movie. Um, And so, you know, it's kind of like this whole Anakin Skywalker and Emperor motif thing that I'm going to transfer my, my... essence to you and you can be the new Michael. I thought that's where they were going with it. So they team up and become the Batman and Robin of killing people in Haddonfield. Meanwhile, Lori is trying to be a good grandmother. And yeah, it, it was just so much going on to the point where eventually Michael kills the kid who, you know, was supposed to be the next Michael, but wasn't the next Michael. And then it leads up to this fight between Lori and Michael that 
I knew they were going to get there, but I think structurally speaking, it just didn't meet my expectation for how I wanted to play out. So overall, I mean, it's a Halloween movie. They, they made a lot of choices that, you know, I get it. Jamie Lee Curtis is ready to put the character down. And I thought the way they sent her off was cool. Like, she killed the monster. She killed the boogeyman. And made sure that he was dead this time, right? Um, clearly, the studio is going to do something else to make sure that they can make money off of Michael Myers. But it's interesting for me because I feel like if that was going to be the thing that they wanted to do, then they could have just stopped that H2O for me. I felt the way that was executed was way better than what they did with Halloween Ends. And I know not a lot of people like H2O, um, but I I didn't think it was bad. You still have the same problems, but I think the acting was better, the pacing was better, and the overall execution of the script, the, the writing was better, you know. Um, the direction was was just more clear and balanced. So that in mind... Um, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. I guess that's what I'm getting to. And it's sad because I try to like movies. I really do. I try not to be that guy that's always like, your movie sucked, right? But it just didn't hit it for me. Also, another thing that really bothered me about this uh, film, Halloween Ends, um, and the last sequel, I am very concerned with the amount of violence that they did on black people. Um, I I don't know what happened, but, you know, the way they hurt this DJ and Halloween ends was probably the most horrific thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> and granted, the DJ was annoying. Like, he was, you know, just talking all this jibber-jabber. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. You know, you have to usher us through the story, just describing where the town is, you know, and, you know. I, you know, whatever his function was in the film, it was there for a reason. I understand it. But it annoyed me. It just annoyed me, right? I feel like... The way they killed him, and he just kept banging his head on the turntable. I'm like, what did this man <laughs> do? And it was just disgusting. It was horrible. And even in the last film, when they killed the, the black couple, I'm like, okay, y'all. And they, they, you know, I thought she was dead, but she ended up being in this movie. But in the last film, the black lady, you know, got stabbed in the neck. I'm like, what in the world? Like... I don't know. That's me being petty, probably, and, and just majoring in minors. And I'm not saying, or I'm, I, I don't believe, I'm, I'm choosing to not believe that it was something intentional <laughs> uh, as far as like, hey, let's, you know, make sure this is a black person we do this to. I don't know if that's the case. All I'm saying is for those scenes, it was just hard to watch. Like, you know, the one thing, again, going back to the original Halloween, the kills were were quick. They were, like, clean, but they were still scary. And it wasn't so much about the blood and the gore, right? It was the speed of Michael, the power of Michael, and the struggle between the victim and Michael Myers, right? I thought for the original Halloween, 
that's what made it interesting. And even when they got stabbed or whatnot, um, I didn't. I I just remember being more like, okay, this dude is not playing. Um, this time around, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older, but it was just weird. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but again, if you guys love the movie, great. I'm glad you did. I'm glad that there are people who enjoyed it and who found some type of, um, just entertainment from the film. And at the end of the day, all film is subjective. So for Halloween, there you go. Normally I try to watch something that I hadn't seen. So I watched this cool movie, uh, called X. Uh, it's produced by A24. Uh, pretty much the premise is you have these group of um, as aspiring porn stars um, or entertainers. Let me do it that way. Uh, this takes place as a period piece, so it's kind of in the 70s era. And what's happening is uh, they're trying to make a movie, point blank. Uh, and it's an adult film. And so the... <laughs> They find a house to shoot this film in, and uh, it's an old guy and his wife. They're very creepy to begin with, and lo and behold, the first half of the movie, they're making the porn, um, and then um, towards the second half is where all the murder and mayhem happens, right? And so the film itself, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was entertaining, and I thought all the actors were excellent in the movie i don't have a gripe about any of the performances the direction um it is very violent it's very violent um grotesque on some parts well on all parts actually um i thought the commentary i think that they were giving about aging was very interesting um i thought the conversation between the um the cinematographer and his girlfriend about their views on doing something like this and how she flipped the script and wanted to be an actor in the movie. I thought that was very intriguing and and just to see how, uh, as far as like gender roles and, and relationships, how it's okay to, to endorse something or, or to um, be excited about something until you're forced to deal with the ramifications of being a part of an idea or or scene in this case. Um, I, I I just thought that was very interesting. And the fact that it tore him up the way that it did, it just, I thought that was very well done. Um, so my favorite characters, um, Kit Cuddy, I really enjoyed him. Jenny Or Or Ortega was really, really good. Um, Brittany Snow, awesome. And Mia Goff playing two characters. She was the old lady in the film, and she was um, one of the group of uh, actors that were, you know, being uh, killed off. I thought she was really, really good. And the fact that they were able to shoot the prequel to this, I have to go and watch it, but um, I'm curious just to see where the, sto where the story goes. I haven't seen the prequel yet to this, but the prequel is Pearl, and then after that is X, and then after X, the third film is called Maxine. Um, and it looks like that takes place in the 80s, and um, 
I can't wait to see how the story ends. So that was exciting. It was something new to watch. Um, but of course, my other tradition um, outside of watching Halloween, which I did not do this year because I was going to go to the theater to see it, but I was tired. I just didn't have it in me to go. So I kind of just stayed at home um, for Halloween. I didn't go see any scary movies or anything like that. Um, I watched Medea. <laughs> a Medea Halloween and Scary Movie because I... They're just funny movies, and it just makes sense to watch those on Halloween. So that was that. Um, definitely go check those out. And, yeah, let me know what you think about it. I, I don't I don't pretend like I had the answers for all of it, but, you know, um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And moving on from that, another film that I saw that you know, had a lot of promotion and hype with it, uh, was Black Adam. So, I remember when this movie was announced 15 years ago and that The Rock was supposed to be doing it, uh, my immediate thing was, okay, I see where this could work, but I see more why this probably isn't the best thing to pursue. But, again... Me being me, I'm like, let me be optimistic. Let me see where this goes. And let's see, you know, what we get. Let, well, you know, let's see if we can find the rainbow at the end of this tunnel. So leading up to it, it was a big hype, whatever. I mean, The Rock was on every talk show, right? Hyping up this movie. And he started to win me over. And I'm going to tell you why. When he was telling stories about how much of a fan, a DC fan he was, I connected with that, right? So he talked about watching Super Friends and being a fan of um, of um, Superman, you know. But then when he saw um, Black Adam, that that was the character he connected with. Now, I meant to look this up to see if he was on, if that character was on an episode of Super Friends or the superpowers team. I don't know if that was the case, but he claims or he said that he read the comic books as well. So, you know, cool. I get it. Um, although there were other characters that you could have chose from. Um, I mean, Black Lightning technically was on that show. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. But here we are. Anyway, um, so he was really talking about how things are going to be different He's all but saying out loud that, hey, I got Henry Cavill back. Look at me. I'm great. So I'm getting excited about this movie. Very excited. I said, I'm going to give this movie a chance. I'm going to go in here with an open mind. I'm going to kill all expectations and just see what it is. Now, normally I try to do that with all films that I see. But with this one in particular, I had to do that because I'm such a DC head. Like everyone knows my favorite hero is Batman. Um, and the DC universe, there's just something epic about every character from the Justice League all the way down to even like a small character, um, or, or, or a more niche character like Lobo, right? There's just a grandeur, a grandeur that comes with them, you know, not to slight on Marvel. Marvel, they're epic characters too. They're great. And I appreciate Marvel for what Marvel does. But with 
with DC characters, it just demands one of the best, like, event type of films ever, in my opinion. So he also talked about how, you know, it was going to change the the hierarchy of power in the DC universe. I'm like, well, you know, when he said it, I was just like, I get it. But then, you know, really, are you? And because uh, <laughs> it's just all these things where you're like, you're making all of these promises. And so I was also not totally excited about this because you're playing Black Adam. Now, in my mind, I know that, you know, Jeff Johns has done some new things with the character in the comic book. But you can't do Black Adam without doing Shazam, in my opinion. Now, I know he's done some standalone things. I know there's a trend that Warner Brothers is greatly profiting off of, which is villains having their own movies. You know, Sony is doing it with Venom. So I get it. You know, a villain can make it on its own. However, I feel like with this specific character, you need... You need Shazam. A, Black Adam is popular, but he's not, oh, I know him on a poster. I have to go see that type of popular. You really have to educate people on who that character is. So I feel like they were banking or Warner Brothers was banking it more, banking or, or, or hoping that the people would come just to support The Rock and The Rock and that in essence would deliver the performance that fans wanted. Okay. I go in to the Alamo because I love the Alamo. Um, I go with my best friend Tierra. So funny story about T. Um, love you, TT. If for those of you who don't know, she's um was on a, two other episodes where uh She's the one who beat me up because I took her to go see Fright Night and she didn't know it was a scary movie. And she was on the Beyonce episode um, where we talked about her Disney Plus movie. Anyway, so T's like, I really want to go see Black Adam. I'm like, okay, cool. So um, I go down the list with her. I'm like, Tierra, you know, there are some things in here that I just need to make sure you're okay with. You know, um, Sabak, you know, I made sure because Tierra loves Jesus and she doesn't do all of that spooky stuff. So she said, okay, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. So we get into the Alamo and they do a great job of always playing videos or clips that relate to whatever film that we're about to see. I love that about the Alamo. They're just, they're awesome for that, right? So <laughs> get into the theater and the movie starts. Um, I had, so for my food, I had a pizza. Um, pizza tastes great. The sauce was a little bit, you know, they, they may have put a little bit too much sauce on it, but that's okay. I'm good. Um, Tierra gets our mozzarella sticks and we get the popcorn. Popcorn is the best thing at the Alamo. I just, I freaking love this movie. Okay. I mean, I, I freaking love the movie theater. Sorry. So see, I get tongue tied just talking about how much I love the popcorn. Anyway, um, we go to the movie, get food and movie starts. So immediately within the first five minutes, I said, this is not going to be good. <laughs> I did. I said, this is not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Um, when 
the narrator comes on, for me at least, and it's not him saying something that's giving an idea about where the movie's going, but it's kind of just like guiding you through every whatever that's already been shown visually. I'm just kind of like, okay, um, I'm good. I'm good. And the story itself, let me do it this way. Let me just say what my bigger problem with Black Panther, with, uh, with Black Adam is. And I know I said Black Panther, but I'm about to make a point that brings that character in. But let me just say where I am with the movie first. Um, I feel like the movie had all the ingredients to be great, right? The actors were there. The, the cinematography was good. The action actually wasn't that bad. Um, but we're about 20 plus years into comic book films being the great money makers that they are right now, right? So with that in mind, whenever you make anything new with the genre, you want to produce something new. Now, I also know that every film, every what creative piece of art is going to borrow something from what came before. I get that. My problem with Black Adam is that when they borrowed, it's so evident, if you're a fan of the genre, what they borrowed from. Case in point. So <laughs> they are mining something called e e Eternium or something like that, which clearly is likened unto Black Panther's Vibranium. Okay, great, fine. And Whatever. <laughs> it's just, why are we doing this? And it's in DC Comics, I get that, but the way they presented it, it just screamed Wakanda, right? Um, and so they're mining this Eternium, and then when they find the Eternium, they do this hand signal looking like Diamond Dallas Page and Jay-Z merged into one, and there's like a diamond... And gesture and I'm just like sir what what is happening so again it screamed in that moment to me Wakanda forever and uh if you really want to push it the Wonder Woman where you know they she crosses arms or whatnot so I'm like okay fine fine um let's just let's just see where this goes you know so clearly, they they establish what's at stake. Um, you know, they have to find the crown, and you know whoever finds the crown, they put it on. Clearly, they're going to become the bad guy. Blah 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 blah. It really just had no type of excitement or 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 just energy with it it just felt like you were checking off boxes for what to include in a comic book movie then let's get to where the justice society stays um look i get it there's only so many ways that you can excuse me hide a superhero team in plain sight but again that mansion looks exactly like Xavier's school for the gifted from the earlier X-Men movies. Why? <laughs> Why 
and then you're gonna get <laughs> have the plane come from the from the um ground like maybe i am being picky maybe i've seen too many comic book heroes or, or comic book films i get that that's fine but at bare minimum you could have at least changed the house so it happened at night or something so that you can at least pretend like I wasn't going to notice. Or I, it just, it felt, it felt like, you know what it felt like if, you know how <laughs> you're writing a paper for school and you just copy and paste it um, from another source, like if you're literally copying something and you change a few words and say that it's your paper, I believe they call it plagiarizing. It felt like that they plagiarized this movie, right? Um, and it's sad because I genuinely was interested in liking every person who was in this movie better than what I did. Um, Cyclone, she wasn't, she didn't do anything. She, she didn't give anything that made me want to learn more about her. And she mentioned something about nanos or whatever. Um, you look like an intro the character looks like an intro to a Cirque du Soleil performance that's about to happen on the Emmys or something like that, you know. And just, it wasn't wasn't that good. And then Ant Man three or Adam Smasher, whatever his name is, his his part wasn't that interesting. Um, I did like Pierce Brosnan, but there's not too many things that he can do that's wrong. Um, and then Hawkman, you know, the actor who played Hawkman, I just felt like he would have been a better Mr. Terrific, but that's not his fault. Like he did good with what was given to him, but it just left me wanting for more. Another thing for me about Black Adam that I did not enjoy was the little kid that was in the film. Um, he just was very, very, for lack of a better term, it was kind of annoying, and I don't think he he the character that he played moved the story one way or the other. Um, him being on the skateboard, and I don't know what what I I just don't think that character was necessary for the film, uh, and that's no disrespect to the actor playing the character, uh, but I just wish that when they were writing this, that you know they, you know, I get it. You have to have that there for a superhero picture where it connects with kids and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. But that just goes back to my point that Black Adam is not Black Superman. He's just not. And I felt like that's how Dwayne The Rock Johnson played him. And I I don't know moving forward where they go with this uh, trilogy or with this set of films, I'm sorry. But I just hope that they really get the characterization of Black Adam right. All in all, by the time I was done with the movie, I just, you know, I felt like I could have been doing something else with my time. Um, I also feel like the uh, secret reveal of Henry Cavill coming back, it it was very un- underwhelming. I, I wanted more, you know. I felt like they literally just, again, copy and paste them into this and made this promise of them fighting. And it's just like, I'd rather him fight with Shazam, meaning Black Adam fights Shazam, before I see him fight Superman, you know. And again, I know there's a 
precedence for that, but I don't know. It just left me feeling very, very blah. So when I saw it in the morning with tea, I remember feeling like the audience was trying to get into it. They laughed at some of the jokes. Uh, but overall, it was just a very subdued crowd, you know. And one guy cheered when they saw Henry Cavill. Fine. So Tierra looks at me and she's like, well, did you like it? And I was like, eh. she was like, Brian. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, you know, so um, she said, well, give it two weeks before you say anything to anyone because, you know, you don't want to kill it for people. And I was like, OK, fair. She didn't want me to talk about it on the podcast. She wanted me to wait, which I did. I waited four weeks. That leads me to seeing it again that night with my brother, Jared. I took Jared because I know he is a big rock fan. Um, he loves the WWE, and it just, I knew he would want to see it. Get there at the movie theater. The crowd was quiet the entire time, and it just confirmed what I knew, is that the movie could have been so much better than what it was. Now, to be fair, it was the highest you know debut for The Rock, and it's doing well for his career, um, but at the same time, for the franchise, I don't think it did any favors for it, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, you know? So, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see what James Gunn is going to do um, now that he's co-managing the DC films. And I want to see what direction they're going to go in. Um, so far, since the, the uh, Snyder Cut, Peacemaker has been my favorite thing from the DC, from DC films. And that was his TV series, but I just thought it was so well done. Um, so I'm still a DC fan, but I'm, I'm just waiting to see where they're, where they're taking this. Like, I really want to know, like, how is this going to evolve? Okay, so we get through that and... The next big film that's coming out is Wakanda Forever. Um, so I already knew going into this that this was going to be a hard one, right? Because Chadwick is gone and they opted not to recast. So the immediate question that I had was, where is this film going? How are they setting up the new Black Panther? And moving forward, what what is just going to be this franchise's future. I had no doubt that the film was going to be great, and it is a great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, cinematically speaking, it's probably one of the best things I've seen, um, especially with the underwater shots. I know a lot of people are excited about Avatar, but with what uh, Coogler did with this one, it just seemed more realistic, um, and I can appreciate that. Um. I went to see Wakanda Forever three times, but not because I wanted to, right? The first time I saw it was with my brother because he couldn't go with the rest of us when we saw it the next morning. So I said, hey, I'll take you the night before. He was cool with that. So then I saw it then at the Alamo, my favorite theater. Um, and then I saw it the next day at, uh, where do we go? City Place. City Place, Regal. The Majestic. And so saw it there. And then I saw it again at Tyson's Corner with some friends who, you know, they wanted to see it. When I tell you that I was tired, there was nothing else for me to say or see about Wakanda. 
that film is so long. And I don't think I really realized it the first time I saw it because I was just into it. And then the last two times I saw it, I was just like, this film is long, like long, very long. Um, but here we are, you know. That being said, my thoughts on the movie. Like I said, great movie. I maintain that they probably should have recast. And with a story like Namor, as he says it in the movie, there is so much history in the comic books between him and uh, T'Challa that to insert Shuri in that context, I just think it's interesting. And I thought Letitia Wright did a great job as Black the new Black Panther. Um, yeah, I just, for me, it just left me wanting for a little bit more. Um, Angela Bassett, give her an Oscar nomination. And, you know, give her an Oscar right now. She acted her butt off in that film. Um, I like the actor playing no more. I want to see more of him, actually. He was the one that I probably enjoyed the most. Uh, of course, I love Winston Duke as Mbaktu and all the other characters from the last one. But the film overall was very somber. That's what I've been telling people. It's well done. It's good. Um, is it as good as the first one? Not really. But, I mean, what sequel really is? You can count on one hand how many sequels are better than the first, right? But I think given what Ryan Coogler had to do, what the studio made him do, um, if they weren't going to delay the film, if they weren't going to, you know, um, recast, he had a hard job. And God bless him, he did it. He did it. And whether you like the film or not, you can't deny the level of excellence um, that's there. It's just an excellent movie. Um, I don't think I need to see it a fourth time. I'm good. Um the mid credit scene for me, I thought that was a very clever thing to do as far as keeping T'Challa in name a part of the story, but clearly it's not the T'Challa, you know, Chadwick Boseman. It's it's still the character, but it allows for that character to, to continue, but just in a different way. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it already. Um, <laughs> I I just, for me... Um, it, it warmed everyone's heart in the theater who saw it um, and I heard cheers at that part um, the other thing I really really enjoyed about this movie Rihanna is back now she had two songs and I I love the second one that played more so than the first one but she is about to really show out and I can't wait to see her on the Super Bowl and on tour, and whatever else she wants to do. Um, she's just awesome. Um, if they make a third one, I'm okay with them recasting T'Challa. I just feel like that that that's the best way forward. you know. So give me, age up the little boy so that he's a man, and that he can, you know, be back Black Panther. That's all I want to see. Um, but yeah, it, it was a hard watch because you just realized that as great as Michael B. Jordan was in the first one and all the other actors that people praised, um, Chadwick really left a mark. And 
a void in that team when he passed. And, you know, you feel it. You feel it. And you're supposed to feel it, right? Because he was T'Challa. He was Black Panther. Um, so, yeah. That's my thought on Wakanda Forever. Um, I don't I don't have a desire to see anymore. I'm good. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent good right now. Um, so, yeah. That takes care of this episode of the Peace Signal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I still have a big announcement for you guys, right? So um, keep tuning in. Uh, we have a couple more episodes. Uh, but on December 3rd, December 3rd, December 3rd, make sure you tune in or you, you know, play December 3rd's episode. That's where I'm going to make the big announcement about what's going on. Um, when I'm planning to show and to debut. And um, yeah, uh, I'm excited to show you guys what what I've been working on. All right. Um, for more information about the B-Signal podcast, you can go to uh, Instagram. Check us out. Uh, B-Signal podcast at B-Signal podcast. You can also check out the website bsignalpodcast.com. You can also go to my website uh, bAnthonyCG.com. And yeah, if you want to email us, bsignalpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, Love you all. Stay safe. Stay warm. Have a great Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, see you next time.